Yo, what is up guys? Welcome back to Tag Team. Back at its usual home. My name is Riley Holbert with my good, good friend JW Creewall, and together we are the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. JW, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Yeah, it's it's been a while, huh? Yeah, it's been been a rough patch for sure. Yeah, it yeah, it's been rough personally. It's been rough uh just like with me and the move and yeah, and just like scheduling and stuff. It's been crazy, but yeah, uh, I haven't really had a problem like that in a really long time. So well, and it's and it and when it was in the past, it's always been like a one week thing where it's like ah, you know, I can't make it or or you know, you Riley, like you can't make it, but like we'd always cover for the other one. But then that's like never been really this like prolonged yeah issue. You know, I feel like it's been just extremely prolonged. Like this whole month has been rough. Yeah, but we're but. back. The driver's seat ready to go. How are things with the new house? How are you feeling? Well, tonight is our first official night at the new place. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, we we don't have air conditioning yet in the <laughs> new place. We have some AC units. So we have one set up in our bedroom that I just turned on when I got here. Um, and I'm going to probably set one up in my office because I think uh, the other tenants left a few hanging around. But um, we tried to milk the air conditioning from our old place you know, as long as we possibly could, because this week it's been like low nineties, yeah. you know, mid nineties. Um, and then we just got some rain today. So it's kind of cooled things down a little bit. Although right now, what it's 76 right now outside. So I am, if you're watching this on YouTube, I am sweating my nuts off. <laughs> so are you going to get a central unit at some point or we are. So the question there is like, cause we had the, we had to de- not deplete our resources, but like we had to use some, some money to pay for some other things. Yeah. And so, um, we're just trying to decide, like we have now we have to do our electrical, um, not, not like all of the electrical, but we have to replace the panel. Anyway, that's kind of a big expense and we want to get that done before, um, we do any kind of air conditioning heating and then the heater will need replaced eventually at some point, but whether or not that's like this summer (laughs) or if we just, you know, wait one year, and uh, and get it but we'll, we'll we'll more than likely do it you know yeah. in the next couple of well, it's weeks exciting it's all coming together it is yeah it's it's awesome it's awesome so we're really we're really looking forward to it we got uh great like hosting areas downstairs the studio is just super fun i'm excited to be in here there's a lot of space and like it's not in a basement anymore so i'm stoked <laughs> about that it's a plus What's that? Not being in a basement is a plus, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. Although it's definitely cooler in a basement. It is. Are you going to get like the stereotypical like blue and black soundproof foam? And uh, I do need some foam because I don't, I don't know if you can really hear it where you're at, but I hear a little bit of like reverb off the walls. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you can hear it. Oh, no. I was just saying like, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. So I'm getting a little bit of reverb. So I think I just need a few things, like a few panels on the far wall, the one that I'm speaking to, and that should probably be good. But I kind yeah, of feel it's nice. the same. I can, when I think about it actively, like I can definitely. Yeah, yeah. Or I do one of those things, you know, they have um, sound boxes, like for around the microphone. So it's kind of, you could maybe hear yourself, but then the quality of the audio is still like pristine because you have this like foam box around the outside. But <laughs> I mean, people people working worse, so I'm I'm just super uh, blessed. I feel like to have have what I have. So, talk to me about uh, what you've been up to, Riley. You were at a sporting event. This yeah, evening. I mean, today I was at a 
a minor league soccer game here in Madison. Called, the team is forward Madison. Um, really fun. We ended up winning 1-0. Um, and definitely plan to go again. It was the first time I've been out here in Madison. Really cool uniforms, like I was telling you before the stream. Um, got this cool like pink blue aesthetic, which I really like. Yeah, and I just went from a friend with a friend from work, and we really enjoyed ourselves. So that was awesome. Um, and in the last few weeks, I've been super busy with travel and some personal things. So, but I'm feeling refreshed now. I was definitely not in the best place a couple weeks ago. I'm feeling a lot better at this point, um, and I'm really excited for you know getting back in the swing with tag team as well. Yeah, absolutely. We're uh, we're stoked to be back. It was fun to have a couple of couple of guests on you know over the last few weeks but yeah who was the best one who was the best one well yeah. super tough uh super tough i mean i would say of all the people that were on tag team over the last three weeks like i was probably the best, best. Participant. yeah right the best participant and then maybe you know uh jake and uh and celio were like tied for <laughs> tied for second i don't know hard to say <laughs> that's a good answer i was worried when you started responding <laughs> that you're like you were actually going to rank the people <laughs> they both did great it, it was really uh it was really cool to talk to them and um, what i wanted to do and i told them that before the cast is like i really wanted to try to get into kind of their mind uh both as like a content creator but also as just like like a person and kind of like how they think and and, and maybe take it away from you know the the actual card aspect because i know that's what we tend to do is like you know we'll talk about the metagame we'll talk about the cards um but i wanted to you know when we have guests on i feel like yeah you, it's know, kind of been you, you want to have a guest like, on kind of talk about yeah them. you want yeah, exactly. You want to know about them, right? So that, that, that's kind of where I took the interviews, and uh, and I hope you guys liked them. Awesome stuff. Well, sounds like GW is, is number one still when it comes to tag team guest stars, but <laughs> you know, number two is a close, close contention. That's uh, right. Absolutely. So, well, let's talk about the meta then. Let's talk about some cards. There's yeah. been a slew of things that have happened in this last month, and I know we kind of I feel like we ham up how much was happening every single week, but there's actually been a lot happening because a new set has dropped since yep. we've last done a meta analysis. Chilling Rain is finally here after a long period of anticipation. Obvious, there's some obvious standouts. Uh, the Calyrex duo both showing up hot. JW, just off rip, what is your favorite deck at this point from Chilling Rain? Well, I, I mean, you just had to think about the Shadow Rider Calyrex, right? Like, like it has a, it has a, you know, quote unquote, infinite attack, like a non, um, a, a scalable attack, right? And then, and then that's that's good, just generally, you know, uh, maybe not necessarily always tier one, but like good, right? And then you have an ability that draws cards, with like also not necessarily indicative of a tier one archetype but like pretty good but then also that ability oh yeah it uh it attaches energy as well so like you combine all those three things and it's you know kind of unlike anything we've ever seen before you know to to be honest and uh that has to be one of the most fun decks um in terms of just the power level that i maybe have ever played yeah people are definitely talking up shadow rider big time waves in the Twitterverse, making waves on the tournaments. You know, there's a lot of debate, I feel like, about how you should be playing Shadow Rider. Do you have any kind of takes on 
on the way that should look? Yeah, absolutely. So I love the, um, you know, Path to the Peak with with double Trevnor. I think that that is probably the best archetype uh, out there just because you have this kind of very oppressive late game where you're marning, you know, shuffling back in a couple of cards, maybe playing a Path to the Peak. And that's the beauty of the deck is that it can go through so fast, the deck, that you don't necessarily need to have your abilities at all times. And in a lot of cases, it makes more sense towards the end of the game to shut off your opponent's uh, abilities than to, you know, have access to your own. So I love building it that way. Um, I don't necessarily, you know, feel too strongly um, about the other archetypes that we've seen, like the Alchemy VMAX, I think is probably the, you know, second most played archetype of that Shadow Rider Calyrex. And I I don't, I I understand why it's played, but I, I just prefer the more kind of, oppressive strategy of that late game uh, because it almost feels like you could beat anything with the Trevenant and Dustnor hitting the right cards or um, you know just putting your opponent in really awkward situations yeah I mean that's definitely true and that was definitely one of the premier popular ones in the very early phase of the game as well I, I feel like Alcremie has gotten really popular recently uh, where people seem to be all over that at the moment um I kind of like the Alcremi version because I like how straightforward it is in strategy, and I like the uh, non-dark weak, on yep. higher damage attacker, yep. um, kind of like an explosive option and things like the mirror. But one thing I think is particularly interesting is is the inclusion of the path to the peak. It, it almost the archetype reminds me a lot, honestly, and and just stop me if you think I'm being crazy here, but it reminds me a lot of like Zora Carbador. Where yeah, you would intentionally like turn off your abilities for the sake of disrupting your opponent. Yes, because you were so effective at getting through your deck, it didn't matter. Yes, yes, uh, that's a very apt, um, you know, analogy between the two because you had this uh, this other archetype where, like, in in most cases, right, it didn't necessarily make sense for you to get rid of the trade ability on Zorark, right? Like, like just, just generally speaking, like it's good to be able to draw cards. So to shut that off for you, um, you know, when you're getting out two, three, four Zorarks, like that seems kind of crazy, right? But then there are certain points where you just get so far ahead of your opponent that it almost doesn't matter if you shut down your own abilities because they are going to be just so much more impacted by it. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a great, um, great analogy there in the sense that, yeah, after a certain point, the abilities don't really matter, and what you're going for after you have a couple of attackers up is just, uh, you know, swinging for knockouts and trying to limit your opponent's options. I think another as well, kind of, you know, addition to that is sometimes I feel like Zork might struggle to turn off, like turn its ability back on. Uh, like the fuel blower is not a, really a searchable card, so you just end up it and hide one of these and hope you drew it when you needed it, or play the Klefki down. Um, but kind of an interesting comparison for Shadow Rider specifically is they have that Marsh Shadow and mm. they're playing it in like decent quantities. I've seen people playing like even three of them and some of this. Um, yeah. all with the intention of, you know, I can not only use Marsh Shadow to remove Chaotic Swell and play Path to the Peak safely, but I can also just like leave it on the bench and then when Path to the Peak comes into play, I can on demand turn that off with a simple fog crystal. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, that's, again, if we want to talk about, you know, the similarities, right? You had Zorak Garbador that was playing 
two, sometimes even three field blowers. So same idea there, right? Where you're yeah, going to get rid of the comparison tool is there. But I think the, the interesting part about Marshadow is it's so much easier to find. Mm, true. Because you have Fog Crystal, you have Quick Ball. I mean, it's just a Pokemon, which is generally easier to find. Bombs, you can get it. Um, whereas Field Blower, you just had to have it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what I also have been noticing, too, we have kind of the Path of the Peak variant, but we've also seen some Shadow Riders that go more of a, a, an attacking route. And so I've been seeing a lot of Shadow Riders that... Um, you know, maybe play the Alcremie, although I I don't know that I've seen that too, too much, but um, more so like Galarian Zapdos and having kind of options with Aurora Energy to to attack. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's a valid option. Uh, obviously, Zapdos was literally made to counter Eternatus. <laughs> I feel like you can't even say that it wasn't. It just explicitly was. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it does that job pretty well. Um, but I like having some sort of alternate attacker, though, outside of Shadow Rider. Even a simple, like, very thin line of, of Alcremie or, like, one, uh, like one Gengar Mimikyu or one mm. Shevnar. Like, some al sort of alternative strategy that you can leverage. It just seems good to me. And maybe that's, yeah. just, maybe that's just, like, the wrong take. Like, maybe you can get by just fine with only Shadow Rider and... This. I mean, clearly you can, people are doing it. Um, but I like, you know, especially in a deck that draws a lot of cards like this and attaches energy so rapidly, I like having options. I like being able to do more than just the initial, like, support card implies that I can. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. Um, so what would be kind of your favorite alternate attackers? I mean, we're, we're talking about a limited kind of uh, scope, right, of course. Um, having to generally be psychic to just be able to utilize the the Shadow Rider Calyrex VMAX ability to the fullest. But um, if you're to play a Shadow Rider Calyrex VMAX that's not the Alcremie version, what are your alternate attackers that you're going with? And maybe what are some counts that you're going with? Yeah, I, I think it depends a lot on your goals. Um, I think outside of Alcremie, because Alcremie is definitely my favorite, um, I think Trevnar probably is like the second. Um, and I would either play it in a one count in like a more attacking focused deck or a two count in a in a deck that leans more into that strategy. Uh -huh. um, Anger Mimikyu is okay and it's a great, um, great like one of looking for just like one Pokemon to slot in. Um, you do have like the GX attack is a great utility. To give right. you more time to set up, but right. um, I'm actually looking to attack. I would say Trevnar is better at that. Sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's also yes, uh, uh, Jolly Flying Man brings up in the chat here. There's a Marshadow that copies attack, so there's a Cosmic Eclipse Marshadow. Yeah, I know the one, yeah, for like three energy, it copies an attack from your opponent's active. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So uh, that can be kind of a cute little uh, little attacker. I mean, obviously, the biggest benefit is that it's a uh, non V non V Max Pokemon. You know, one yeah, prize. I don't think attacker. Marshadow fills that job as good as it could, though, because like doesn't one hit KO like a Desi, and Desi does one hit KO the Marshadow. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's another great kind of question that I wanted to also ask about this, uh, about this archetype is like, what would you do? We, we saw over the weekend, uh, I think it was in, in the Sunday open, uh, that Decidueye just kind of stomped through, through the tournament. Um, what would be, if you were playing Shadow Rider Calyrex, what would be your, your counter to Decidueye? Yeah. Um, it's tough because Decidueye decks have like a lot of different ways they can adapt. I think the most reliable counter be either like a one or two counter Cresselia with some ordinary rods. Mm. Or one or two ordinary rods, depending on the amount of Cresselia that you have. I think that's the most reliable counter that you can get with a Psychic deck. Um, but there are alternatives. Namely, the, the Shadow Rider V has the spread attack that does 50 damage counters that does work. Um, right. But if the Decidueye deck is playing Big Parasol, you can't place damage counters with an attack. Um, right. So you need a counter to that. So you either either play the Cresselias, which is reliable, or you like tech a Tool Jammer, I guess. I think Jammer would work better than Scrapper in that case. Mm. And use the Spread Attack, which theoretically would work, but it's like you're kind of in a catch-22. Like If you play a Scrapper, then they can play down one Umbrella at a time. Um, but if you play a jammer, then they can scrapper it. So it's like whatever they're playing as their tech, the pe will affect which one is better for you. I think ultimately, if like Decidueye is actually a top tier concern for you, you should just play Cresselia. Is sure. that kind of your take as well, or do, or do you prefer an alternative strategy? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that there's necessarily any alternative strategies. Um, one that would be you know the strategy that you would probably go to should you face a Decidueye deck with a standard. Um, you know, attacking based uh, Calyrex deck would probably be just to try to power up a, uh, a Zapdos and just to go for kind of an energy denial strategy. Uh, it's not the greatest answer, uh, but <laughs> certainly you have enough energy that you could, um, you know, get some big hits in and, uh, and, and try to run the opponent down, you know, pretty low on energy and then maybe do like you're saying snipes with the, with the basic Shadow Rider. I mean, the other option is Revnor or Marnie. Right. And try until they hit a rose. True. <laughs> True. True. Well, so. that is a valid strategy, too. Like, in games, sure. But I think if, like, if Decidueye is actually a concern, which I think ultimately was how Decidueye did so well. Like, you look at the Sunday Open, and I was talking about this with some of our friends, it's like, it shouldn't be a surprise that Decidueye did well at an event like this. I feel like on these early format events, people are really excited to play the archetypes and play them as straightforward as possible for the most part. Mm -hmm. Which means, like, often few Decidueye counters, <laughs> if any. So to me, it doesn't seem like a huge surprise that Decidueye did well, given the circumstances that it was, like, one of these super early format events. Um, right. But props to the players for like recognizing that opportunity and fully capitalizing on board size yeah. in the top four. I think it was that's absolutely ridiculous. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's so funny. It is so. it's really funny. Um, yeah, someone brings up a chat as well. The baby necrozma is also good if you're playing the Aurora energy. Uh, yeah, it depends on your energy line as well. Like baby baby necrozma only works if you're playing Aurora for like Zapdos. So if you're playing a non Zapdos variant. Um, 
probably aren't playing Aurora, which makes Page of Plasma cool. But it is very good in the case that you have Aurora for that specific person. I would say Cresselia is a better all-arounder as well, because you can, like, turn two. Um, mm. First turn going second, use Cresselia to like, walk effect as well. You happen to have it. Sure. Like, sure. you don't have that option with Behavior Cross. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, cool. That's part of the reason I like Alcremi as well, is because, like, you have a kind of a slow start. You can use the Adornment to just power up your whole bench and, like, that sets you up for Alcremie and for Shatter Rider <laughs> to yes. do more damage. Yes. Yep. So kind of a dual benefit there. There's just, I mean, there's, I feel like there's so many, it's weird because the psychic pool of attackers is not large by any means. No, no, or at least the useful that those attackers yeah. imply. Yeah, we've been seeing like, um, something like, you know, Necrozma GX. I think it's um, Necrozma V. Or, excuse me, Necrozma V, yeah, Necrozma V with the oh, snipe attack on that first one. Yep, and, uh, and and kind of that uh, that big heavy hitter to 220, I believe, on the second, if you have a special energy attached. I mean, that, that could be kind of cute. Uh, but yeah, like you said, like, at the point that we're going to those kinds of attackers, you know, I, I feel like we've kind of depleted, right? They're, they're such good premier attackers in Gengar Mimikyu and uh, Trevenant Dusnor that it's like, and and Shadow Rider Calyrex, like for that matter, you know, great attacker as well. So just like ride those things uh, to victory. I think you're going to do pretty well. Are there any other like standout partners in your mind? I mean, the Galarian Zapdos obviously makes a ton of sense just because everything, if you go the big, you know, uh, Shadow Rider and then V Max or G Max, excuse me, um, tag team route, then you're going to have, you know, obviously issues with anything dark. So uh, get yourself a couple of Zapdos if you're going this kind of attacking version and uh, slot in some Aurora Energies. And uh, that's probably the premier premier secondary attacker for me. I love the Auroras. <laughs> yep. Very flexible. That's right. So I want to talk then about Ice Rider and some of the other like archetypes that have emerged and how they all fit together in the metagame. Before we jump into that, I do want to plug our card of the day for this week perfect segue to fit it in um so if you have not seen there are a couple new cards that have been revealed for evolving skies around three legendary birds Galarian zapdos is a bridge there we got Galarian zapdos Galarian articuno and Galarian moltres all of which attach energy of their specific type when they're placed onto the bench and then they have like okay attacks um, now, these remind me quite a bit, except they're better, <laughs> of a very <laughs> favorite card in my mind, which is Dark Eye Prism Star. Um, so, as you may have gathered from some of my other card of the days, I'm a huge Dark Accelerating Attacker stand. Yeah. And yeah. I have tried to make Dark Eye Prism Star a part of those archetypes at least like five different times in separate decks. That's epic. <laughs> Every time there's a deck that plays Dark Energy, I try to make Dark Eye Prism Star a part of that strategy. Yeah. And so far, it's never made it to the final cut, but it's really cool <laughs> every time you pull it off. Yeah. Like, you always have the one game with Dark Eye Prism Star and testing where you get it and it gets you exactly where you need to be in terms of damage, and your, your friends are so tilted that you hit it just like that. 
and it's like wow that's almost enough to make me play it tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> that's funny but then you never do um yeah. so like i tried it three worlds when i was testing dark box i was playing it i tested sure. it in expanded dark box i tested it standard when it first came out sure uh, i think the only thing that that uh dark ride does better than like this is as it's like super sleep forget the name mm. but you have to flip mm-hmm. two coins um which is actually very disruptive especially when you don't have guzma um, yes so that was really but it is kind of a bummer that like Moltres you can play as a, as a full count like a four of and the prism star is a guaranteed one of like the effect right. is too powerful to allow I, more right, than one exactly. of them yeah just a couple of years ago but <laughs> well I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like we've seen that art, that uh, that ability before, right? Like uh, when you think about Pachirisu, would be the one that comes to my mind. Or it's like, okay, you play this Pokemon down, you get to yeah, attach a couple of lightning of, energy. It just sucks for Dark Ride. Yeah, no, it does for sure. Kind of the the odd man out, the 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 leftover uh, yeah. overlooked. And it's always funny when you have those cards that just like clearly get out scale by like a newer version. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's awesome though, because like, I, I just want to say on, on that topic of the, of the birds all having the same or, you know, identical essentially abilities. Um, that is great. I think for the health of the game, because it means that you can kind of make these different engines in different colors and they all kind of, you know, they, they all have this kind of common element to them. So um, yeah. I, I love mean, that. I will say there's a pretty obvious application for Articuno, uh, given what we have just spent minutes talking about in <laughs> Shadow right. Rider. Um, right. Getting two psychic energy in play. Seems okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> does, yeah definitely, definitely does. It. What, an additional 60 damage for the Calyrex? Not, not too bad? Yeah, it doesn't hurt. Does not hurt. Yeah, so I guess you could get, let's see, if you had four Shadow Rider, that's an additional 120 damage, and then you play this down with two energy, that's 180 damage. So you could like ramp up to 220 damage in one turn from zero. I mean, that's in like, theory, if you're four, yeah, if you play two Articuno, because you can theoretically have your. Oh, yeah, two, I guess you could do it twice. You have four oh my gosh. Jesse, four Shadow Rider, and two Articuno. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that'd be like 280, 280, 280, 240, and then you attach for, two... <laughs> so. for 270. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Man, that's a lot of energy to like have. It's <laughs> 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 not often that like you have that many energy available to you. Yeah, in one turn, but it'd be pretty cool. It'd be pretty epic. It sounds like a it sounds like a like a fun just like once in a lifetime turn. Definitely like a YouTuber. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, so I good. Guess actually, someone in chat brings it up. It's actually yeah. more efficient to have just two Shadow Riders or Articunos. Oh my gosh. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, we were thinking about it the wrong way. So if you have those, you get 10 energy plus your attachment to 11. <laughs> so. That's absurd. <laughs> That's absurd. So something to think about, guys. Yeah. Definitely. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, let's transition then uh, into some of the other or chain killing rain archetypes. I, I feel like it would be a crime to not talk about Ice Rider. 
So, I mean, what are your thoughts on Ice Rider? My take is the deck is decent, and I really enjoy the engines that are with it right now. Be a very path to peak focused deck, so it plays like a lot of casinos or like a rapid strike engine, like something along those lines. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think it really has the same oomph that Shadow Rider does. Is that kind of how you're feeling as well? I mean, I feel like I've seen you know enough people do well with it that I can you know say that it's no worse than a tier two deck. But to me, it just feels like we have just such oppression um, with Shadow Rider. We have such just power and and dynas- dynamism with Shadow Rider that Ice Rider just feels like um, I, I don't know a little uh, well much weaker to me in comparison. So. Uh, not not my favorite archetype. There are ways to play around it, right? Like you don't have to swing in to uh, activate that first attack, right? That their kind of revenge style attack. Um, uh, you you could you know leave certain things active because they can't gust and also Melanie in the same turn. Um, you know there are just ways you can play around it. I don't think it's a bad archetype. I think we were kind of dunking on it a little bit earlier when the cards were released, like you know that this would never see play, and it's I think certainly um, done better than I expected. But I wouldn't say that it's um, you know a deck I would choose to play uh, at a, at an upcoming tournament. I will say, um, I definitely I definitely think it's like solidly too. I agree with that. Um, I did have this really funny moment. I was talking to our friend Beckett um, over Messenger a couple weeks ago. Trips, yep. And we were both like saying, yeah, like, Ice Rider really sucks. Oh, like, why do people even talk about it? Why do people even think about it? It just seems so bad. Um, and we both had read the card wrong in the same way. <laughs> so we were both under the impression that for every energy you discard, you swipe 110. Um, ah. And it's like, that sucks. <laughs> you have, yeah. You have to snipe like 20 times to win. <laughs> yeah, right, um, right. And so we're like, that is so awful. Like, it's the first deck ever. Um, and then he comes back like two hours later. And is like, like, oh, no, we read the card wrong. But we both had independently come to the conclusion that the card was bad. For a specific reason. That wasn't even true. <laughs> it wasn't even true. That was so funny. I still think it's solidly tier two. Um, Melanie is not as awesome as Welder to say. Um, we knew yeah. that. We called that a while ago. That Melanie would not be impressive as well. Yeah. And we're seeing that. I mean, the Path to the Peak component is cool. But I think it's also tough to be like a like, Melanie-focused deck. Obviously not the only draw card you play as opposed to Welder, which it is, but like still like a Melanie focused deck doesn't have like this raw Pokemon power that some decks do. Yeah. And it doesn't have like this Oko potential. It's uh, a little awkward. I guess. Yeah, and I mean, granted, it's it's probably the archetype that has been one of the most played that I have the least experience with. So um, as I get more familiar with just how uh, the decks, you know, I have a I have a general sense of how it functions. I know I've seen it 
be played and I've, you know, played it a bit myself, but I haven't played all the variants and, um, you know, certainly like there's, there's more exploring to be done. That's what I really like right now um, about the metagame. Like, I don't know that it's been figured out. We have, you know, ice rider, we have these weird ADP lists that are coming (laughs) out. Um, There, there's people doing some experimenting. There's people doing um, just, there's a lot of open-endedness right now to how decks are created. And I love that people can go, um, you know, like a path of the peak variant. They can go, you know, with Sinchino, you mentioned that in ice rider Uh, they can do Inteleon, which is one of those things. Certainly Uh, Inteleon being seen in ice rider as, as kind of the the way to search out Melanie's and stuff. I wanted to emphasize, well, you have seen, I think in this format, we have seen so much more engine creativity, um, particularly with the introduction of the second Inteleon and the yeah. Rapid Strike Sobble, I think was a game changer in terms of being yeah. able to, to have the Rapid Strike Sobble that can use calling as one option as well as the sniping on the Inteleon. That was ridiculously cool in my I, I liked this when they first revealed it. I said it was a cool option. Sticking by that. Like I, I was watching just some I was just popping in like random streams the other day and just seeing what people were doing. Um and like seeing some of these like Inteleon um based decks. Like the amount of outs that they have to their cards, the amount of cool strategies Seriously cool, and I I love that kind of engine that that heavy one prize reliant combo based. That, that seriously cool. Yep. And then like Chinchino has seen some more play. It's pretty common to play Chinchino with the Ice Rider as well, and that's what I want to see more of. Like we, I think we've we've seen enough like Jirachi to Dene Crobat engines. Like tell me more of some of the unique stuff that like Sword and Shield has pre- presented us with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, we're, we're, uh, we're in there, you know, we're seeing these archetypes move less and less away from what we know traditionally, um, as engines into more unique or, or at least, um, less appreciated engines. And that's, that's really cool. Uh, so let's move away a little bit from Ice Rider Calyrex. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, one, one archetype that's certainly in some of the most played is Eternatus. Um, I want to get some of your thoughts on that because it's, you know, kind of hovering in that, you know, number two slot uh, on most of the tournaments that I look at in terms of the most played deck. And it makes sense, right? Because it was a very powerful archetype. Last format didn't really um, lose much. In fact, it gained a very, you know, prominent weakness in, in Shadow Rider Calyrex just being weak to dark. So um, what are your thoughts about Eternatus uh, in the metagame, even with, Galarian Articuno be or excuse me, Galarian Moltres be roaming around. Yeah. Um I think it still has a place. Uh-huh. At the end of the day, with the Zapdos, at least in the Shadow Rider deck, there's more opportunity for Eternatus to play around it than maybe some other matchups. Um but it, it's it's still rough. Don't get me wrong. Like that is a very yeah. strong card that was made to counter Eternatus, very explicitly. It might as well stay on the card that this counter But like like you said, gaining that prominent weakness and also that same prominent weakness has led to a downturn for Rapid Strike Urshifu, which is mm. so oppressive for yeah. uh, Eternatus. Probably even sure. more so than the Moltres. Just archetype was. Really hard to deal. With. 
Um, so the combination of those two things have spelled really good things for. I don't really like it that much right now on the whole, though. I don't think it has like that great of a matchup spread, especially as the yep. metagame has gotten more and more reliable to hit KO. Eternus has lost some of the oomph it had where when ADP was so common, Ikaram was everywhere, Eternus had that X factor, I can just knock you out. Or when Sandy Scorch was everywhere, you know, Eternus played the two-hit KO game better than Sandy Scorch in that case. Yep. But yep. now we're, we're seeing a lot of VMAXs either play that two-hit KO game on the same level um, or are, like, overtly harmful to Eternus. Um, so I don't think it's as good of a spot. I think it's still a good deck. It's quick, it's reliable, it gets the job done. Um, but it's not something I would be super fond to play right now just because of the <laughs> culmination of all these factors. Like, I would rather play a deck like Shadow Rider where I feel like I have more agency over my game and how they're going yeah. than one like Eternatus where I feel like I'm a Zapdos away from losing. Mm. Or, like, if I get caught in a two-hit KO war and my opponent plays Path to the Peak, like, they're screwed. I don't want to end up in those. Yeah. So, okay, good. I, and I don't want to touch too much on Eternatus because we all kind of know, like, oh, yeah, you know, it's a good deck. It can do. We all know the things it can do. And, obviously, 270 on turn two is, like, just ridiculous. And now you get Galarian Zap or Galarian Moltres. Um, to accelerate energy, you can bring Eternatus kind of out of nowhere, even though we haven't really seen that much Crushing Hammer. So I almost feel like the Moltres right now is a little bit, um, uh, uh, the point is a little moot, right? Because really nothing of the top yes, handful no, of decks. It, it gives you more leniency for everything. Mm, sure. Which I think was a problem with Eternatus. Like, in addition to Hammer, you would just like whiff turn one energy. Sure, yeah. And there's almost like a point in Eternatus where it's like, you just need bodies out there you know <laughs> yeah. you're kind of it's kind of like you're playing yeah, like, it's kind of like you're playing pickup baseball and like all right you know zach couldn't make it this week so we just need to get you know galarian moltres out there to just be <laughs> another body on the field you know that's play like left field accurate description <laughs> <laughs> so yeah turn it to turn it is, uh what more to say i will um, say so, though, just one last comment if you yeah of course really don't give a crap about the energy acceleration you can play the uh Lipard as an mm. alternative dark hit on the bench guy. Sure, sure. The Lipard, of course, getting rid of tools. What what are the most prominent tools right now, would you say, in in the metagame as it stands? Um, I could think of like, well, we mentioned it earlier in the cast, like Big Parasol and Decidueye, but I don't know that that's necessarily helping you. Um, Air Balloon is obviously in everything, yeah. but I, I don't know that Lipard is enough. Pretty good, and it's pretty good to get rid of it. Um, there's you know, the occasional Tamer. Oh, mm. There's Big Parasol, which doesn't really matter for it. Mm-hmm. And there's the Metal Goggle. Yeah. Oh, Metal Goggle. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Which could make a difference. So, okay, let me ask you this question then, Riley. Um, maybe as kind of a, a culmination to at least this week's episode and this week's talk on the metagame. Um, you mentioned like Ice Rider is probably not a deck you would choose. You mentioned you'd like Shadow Rider. Um, outside of those two decks that we've covered, uh, what would be an archetype that you would want to bring uh, to a tournament or that you would suggest for someone to uh, to bring to a tournament? 
Yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's a couple of key metagame that you should think about when talking first theme, energy acceleration. Second theme is consistency, and then the third theme is resiliency, I guess, like being the respond to of threats that kind of like quickly yeah um especially like the acceleration part and i think this is why crushing hammer fell out of favor is yeah. there's just so many ways you know that maybe outside of those decks i mean i still think urshifu it can find a place in the game it's definitely rougher out there and honestly like i think uh lucario melmetal is like a reasonable place right now okay at a game okay. as well, which I don't love to hear that. <laughs> I just like there's some tried and true archetypes. There is also I wouldn't really play this because it's like too much for my small brain to handle. But there is like the <laughs> RCS Dalgopalkia bird deck. Yeah, which uh, is wild. <laughs> that one was really fun. I tell you, I was uh, messing around with it a little bit on stream, and <laughs> no doubt it was fun. <laughs> That was, I mean, I mean, didn't you have a good time watching? Like I did. It was ridiculous, man. Um, and I also, I wouldn't take this to a tournament, but the Rapid Strike Malamar deck is ridiculously. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, I'm looking at the Chill Series tournament from tonight, and uh, surprisingly, it's not doing that bad. Just hovering or uh, below. A fifty percent with a couple of players already no. at eight wins through eleven rounds, but um, yeah, that one's that one's extremely fun. I got to get my hands on uh, on some Malamar. Well, I'm sure I have the Malamars, but uh, yeah, got to get around to with chilling to doing that. and <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait to try it. Yeah, the uh, just the combination of all these little goofy one prizers that. Are, coming together to do something great yeah that's what you that's pretty epic yeah it it's super interesting like to see this archetype uh even be played and and perform reasonably well um (laughs) from a couple of players so i hope that that continues absolutely is there anything else that has kind of caught your eye a couple of different things but i think if i had to drive one home i think lucaro mamad was probably the next deck on my list yeah one that i would play yeah, certainly. Um, I do think that uh, you know the Intellion stuff is kind of interesting. So anything that ha- that could reasonably play an Intellion line would be cool. I mean, we've talked about the Ice Rider Calyrex, um, but even something like Intellion Vmax, yeah, with an Intellion line or uh, Intellion Decidueye, just to get um, you know, not only that consistency of the of the Drizzile. Uh, but also doing a little bit of extra damage, which has always been something that Decidueye has, has struggled with. So uh, those are some things that, you know, or at least a line that I would enjoy playing in, in a deck if I were to go to maybe a casual tournament. If I were to go to a competitive tournament, I mean, we're probably bringing Shadow Rider f- for certain. I mean, that feels like the kind of deck for me that I could just play. Like if we were having in real life tournaments, I would probably just play Shadow Rider Calyrex and then like tech it for the metagame yeah, that I expect, you know, and I would just, agree. just 
run that deck into the ground, certainly on a local level and probably on a regional or higher level. Um, so, so, you know, I, that's where I'm kind of coming at this entire metagame. But like you said, the, the Zashin Luke metal would be um, something that I'd also consider. I, I wasn't super high on Zashin Luke metal last format, but um, consistently there were people doing very well with the archetype and the people like, uh, you know, I'll just highlight Josh Sutherland, right. Just, just playing yeah. that archetype into the ground and seeing <laughs> very strong results every single time uh just has to tell me like okay yeah the archetype is good when you know what you're doing and uh he certainly did and so yeah i would i would agree with you considering Zash and look metal i would i would absolutely suggest that to somebody going into a tournament so is there anything else that really catches your eye or your attention enter the early phase building range well, it's been kind of funny how how the metagame has completely shifted away from all the old VMAXs, aside from Eternatus, and into all the new VMAXs. Like, it's just so funny. Like, uh, Urshifu used to be, you know, a major presence, and now it's um, kind of been relegated to to a Tier 2 status. Um, and we're just really seeing just how how strong Shadow Rider is in comparison to all these other cards. So, um, yeah, I just find that very fascinating. You know, we're not seeing... The Senta Scorches, we're not seeing the, I don't even like the VMAXs, or excuse me, even the Victinis, um, we're not really seeing uh, a lot of these old VMAX Pokemon that we saw in the past, which is, um, which is curious. Good riddance, Senta. <laughs> I know that wasn't really that played in the last format, uh, but it's, you know, it just, just, yeah, RIP for sure. <laughs> well. I think we got some awesome stuff. I'm excited to see how things can develop. Um, and if there's any decks that really catch your eye, make sure to reach us out on social media and we'll be sure to test them out and talk about them on the show. Uh, speaking of which, if you ever want to catch any of us on social media, you can find us on Twitter. It is probably our most used platform. So that's at Smiles with Riles, at Real John Walter, and at Tag Team Pokemon on Twitter. We live stream the show every Wednesday on Twitch, twitch.tv slash hunter, or at twitch.tv slash righteous on weeks where I'm out or JW's show. And JW also streams pretty regularly on here. Got a new studio that he talked about earlier in the cast that he's setting up. It's going to be super cool when it all comes together and putting on the show of a lifetime. Yeah, so, hope so. We appreciate so. all of you listeners, especially. Um, during this rougher period of time that we had over the last month, we're excited to be back and we're excited to dive deeper and deeper into the Pokemon trading card game with y'all. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. Thank you for being along on the journey. Sorry about the last month in terms of the, uh, the kind of irregularity of the cast, but uh, we're back and we're, we're ready to go. So with that, we'll sign off for this week and we'll catch you all next time. Peace.